Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 95. What's up, Caleb? What up? How you doing? I'm doing so swell. (laughs) Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, his two favorite cars are an Audi R8 and a DeLorean, Pat Flynn. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to session 95 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. I'm so stoked you're here. This is a sort of different episode, I guess you could say. It's the very first episode that I've not recorded in my home office. Actually, I will never, ever again record in the same office that I recorded all other 94 episodes in because I actually just moved. Um, But the thing is, I'm actually even not at my new place right now. I tried recording in my new office, and it's very echoey. There's no furniture in there or nothing um, just a computer on the floor, and I didn't want to record on the floor or in the closet or anything. So I'm actually at my buddy Caleb's house. You heard his voice a little bit in the beginning. Caleb Wojcik from fizzle.co and also DIYvideoguide.com. Um, we hang out all the time, even not just for business stuff, but we actually just uh, we just got back from Disneyland, right? Yeah, like a few days ago, Disneyland. April ran the half marathon. Way to go to April. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because it's not like just as I was like, hey, Caleb, let's go to Disneyland together. Yeah, and like for like 17 days, Pat and I just walking around. Yeah, hand in hand. And <laughs> no, but uh, anyway, uh, I'm just really happy to be here at Caleb's place at where he records his podcasts, but we're recording your podcast. Yeah, it's kind it's of weird. very strange. <laughs> but the reason I wanted to bring Caleb on to the podcast today was not just because um, I needed to borrow his equipment and get in his space here to record the episode so it wasn't very echoey like it would be in my own office, but because I wanted him to come on to talk about video. That's actually how sort of we got introduced to each other was through video. I hired him to do some video for me, and then he did the trailer for Let Go, which was amazing. He did the videos inside my book, Let Go, as well, and he's done all the videos for Breakthrough Blogging, and we continue to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, you've just been fantastic. I mean, your videos are so well, you. well done, and um, so I'm really excited about your sort of upcoming project, DIYvideoguide.com, which we'll talk about in a second, but why don't you just really quick, before we get into the do's and don'ts of shooting video, um, and, 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 and even talk about why video is important in the first place, kind of talk about your story. How did you get to where you're at today? So after college, I went to work at Boeing. I was a financial analyst. I worked there for three and a half years, got my MBA, and it was the, the economy was tanking. I mean, you lost your job during that same point, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Stumbled upon entrepreneurship type stuff, personal finance stuff. So I started blogging about money. I started blogging about personal finance. Ran a site called PocketChange.com that no longer exists anymore. And then I got connected with Corbett Barr, who was running Think Traffic. Time went on. Worked with him for a couple of years. Now we started Fizzle.co with Chase Reeves, and through that whole process, I got really into doing video stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife started doing photography. I had all this camera gear around and I was like, hey, I should learn about video. And I knew that I could freelance with it. I liked doing it myself. I always loved movies and TV and stuff. So got really into video stuff. And now that's what I blog about on my own site. And like my main role within Fizzle is 
making a bunch of videos and we do some podcasting and writing and stuff too, but a lot of it is making video content for courses. And last year I helped you a lot with let go and with breakthrough blogging. And it's a lot of video based content and it takes a lot of time and effort and capacity wise, you couldn't have just spent all this time doing it yourself because you used to do it all by yourself. Yeah, I used to. And you know, the thing is I enjoy doing it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't know all the ins and outs of it. And when I hired you for the first time and you just did it for me, it, I was like, wow, this is awesome. We got to continue to work together. And that's when we did the trailer for let go. Mm-hmm. And then also the, all the other videos we've done together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just love working with you. So that's why I'm happy to have you here on the show. So what, even before we get into the tips, cause I, I really want to dive into all those things. And again, we're going to go into the do's and don'ts things you should be doing and thinking about when you're doing video and also things you should definitely not be doing. But I'll, even before that, why video? Why should everybody out there who's an entrepreneur or a blogger or even a podcaster, why should we even be thinking about video in the first place? Yeah, so content creation-wise, there's kind of three ways you can go. You can write, you can record audio, and you can record video. And they're all very different. Writing, there's you know short things you can write. You can't really stand out very well. People can't really tell it's you unless you write a lot or you write in a very specific way. Audio is long form, you know, half hour, hour long podcast episodes like this one's going to be. And then video somewhere there in the middle. And why video? It's because with video, you have full personality of the person that you're watching or learning from fully injected into the video. Podcasting is a close second with that because just by someone's voice, you can get to know them, feel like you're friends with them and stuff like that. When you go to meet them at conferences or something, you're like, oh, I, I know this person. I've basically listen to them for hundreds and hundreds of hours and stuff. But with video, you can't, you can't fake it at all. There's all the personality in there. And actually, there was an MIT study done about the way that people learn the best. 10% retention of what you learn when you read it, 20% when you hear it, 50% when you see it. So if you're in a classroom or you watch a video, and 90% when you do it. So out of the three content things, written, audio, or video, until the person takes whatever you do and they do it themselves to get to 90% retention rate of whatever you're trying to teach, video is right there at 50%. That's the best you can do to teach someone how to do something. That's why you watch how-to videos on YouTube of, I don't know, how to do a proper comb-over or some random hairstyling. What? You don't even have any hair. I, I, I can't know. believe you picked I'm that I'm trying one to think of something that someone that had hair would have <laughs> to like learn about on YouTube because I don't search for that stuff. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, no, it's so true, though. I mean, most of the videos that I create are instructional videos, screencasts. Uh, and we'll talk about screencasts mm-hmm. uh, specifically in a moment. But, you know, I love using my YouTube channel as a way to teach people how to do something because they just see it. It's, it's do these things. Follow the exact thing that I'm doing on the screen right now and yeah. you can achieve the same results. Um which I love, you know, in podcasting, I can't teach somebody how to, I mean, I could walk through the process of, you know, signing up for, you know, whatever service or using a specific tool, but just showing people how to do it. I mean, it's a, just a lot faster and quicker and easier right. to produce. Um, and, and B, it just people learn faster. Like you said, they, they can see what's going on and then take action from there. And that's when you start to actually change people's lives and they become raving fans. Mm-hmm. And, and like, with audio, you can teach certain kinds of things, but you know the step-by-step, especially things that you do on a computer or you do with your hands or something like that, very visual type things, video is just so much better for those types of things. Right. It's funny we're not creating a video for this content here. It is kind of funny. But it's not funny because, you know what, a lot of times I get questions from people who are like, Pat, like I have a very visually oriented niche. Should I consider podcasting? And I think absolutely. I mean, sort of going off tangent here. Yeah. Um, but just like in this episode, we're talking about the do's and don'ts or stories or things that you should consider when doing you know, video. Um, if you're a graphic designer, if you're a web designer or a photographer even, you can use podcasting as a medium to still provide value for your, for your audience. So I, anyway, just... But we're not telling you what settings to put your camera at or how to use a software program. We're not like teaching that kind of stuff just in audio form. Right. And that's why I love sort of mixing all the different audio, video, and blogging together, sort of my be everywhere philosophy, because you can use these mediums in the way that's 
just best to use them mm-hmm. for the certain things that you're teaching in your niche. So again, going off a little bit of a tangent there, yeah. but there is a little bit of a barrier of entry into video. That's that's the thing I think is is holding a lot of people back. You know, with blogging, it's really easy to set up a blog. Super easy. With podcasting now, it's more easier than ever. Um, podcastingtutorial.com, my little free tutorial for yeah, you. No yeah. opt-ins or sign-ups required. Um, but I have so many people that are like, oh yeah, I just follow Pat's tutorial and set up my podcast. It's cool to see that. Even when, even in Fizzle, I have a podcasting course and people are like, oh, I, I just watch Pat's. Like, <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's kind of funny though. But you know what? That, that, that tutorial is six videos which walk people through that process. And I'm so happy that I finally took the plunge and, 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 and started creating videos like that to help people because now everybody's talking about it and mm-hmm. everybody's using this and they have their own podcasts now um, as a result of my instructions through a video, stuff that I wasn't I, or I wouldn't be able to teach through just audio mm-hmm. or maybe teach through blogging or writing, um, but it's just so much easier to see. So anyway, there's that barrier of entry. Um, and so we're going to talk a lot about you know, well, what's holding people back from starting. I mean, really one of the first don'ts, you know, if we want to go for the do's and don'ts, we're going to go back and forth between, yeah. but, but, but the first one that I want to talk about, Caleb, um, is, is just don't make excuses. What do you see is holding a lot of people back from just getting started with, with video? So I actually did a survey this week for the guide that I'm writing just to get some feedback and see what things are the biggest pain points for people. And the biggest one was definitely, I don't have time to make video. Mm-hmm. And you know, I always say like audio takes like four to five times as long as written to put out the same content because you have to record it. You have to edit it. You have to export it. You have to upload it. You have to do show notes. Like all that stuff takes time. Video takes like 10 times as much to like, cause you have to write it. You have to set up the camera and lights and the audio, and then you have to record it and editing it takes longer than audio. And so it's true that it does take more time to make videos, but that's why more people don't do them. And that's why it's easier for you to stand out if you do make videos. Mm. So that's why you should do them because yes. not very many people will actually make the effort and that and take that extra step to actually do the videos. When yeah. Content's much and, a, and a few things to quickly cut down on that time. And one of them is a tip we're going to talk about later of saving time during editing. But there are things you can do while you're shooting to save times in the edit so that once you shoot it, you can put it on your computer, quickly edit it and get it out the door. Let's Another talk about this. Oh, yeah, go for it. But I love that because um, anytime we can save time, I mean, that's really what this is all about. We want to work hard now, of course, so we can reap the benefits later. But, if, but, we, but we want to work smart, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to do the things that we can do now that save us time for later. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are some of those tips we can do um, to, to save us time specifically? So, so taking that excuse and say, no, you can do this. You do have the time. Here are some things to help you gain more time. Yeah, so one of them would be every video you shoot, have a very similar setup. Don't have to think about like, oh, where am I going to put the lights if I shoot in this part of my house? Or what if I try out this new microphone this time? Just set something up once and use that same setup every single time. And then on top of that, don't sit down to just shoot one video. Shoot a bunch of them. And this is something that we, it's on our list. We're like jumping around our list. Yeah, already. we're totally going off. Yeah. We have an outline here of like five do's and five don'ts. And we're just like throwing them all in at you. So No, we'll just, whatever, we'll just keep going. Yeah, but batch them all, shoot a bunch of them in a row, and you can edit them later. It can take you two months to edit these eight videos or whatever. But if you prepare your scripts in time and write all of them out and shoot them all at the same time, you don't have to waste time setting up and tearing down and telling everyone in your house to be quiet while you shoot this video and stuff. I'm sure you've had to do that. I do it too. Yeah. Like, Make sure the air conditioning is not going to kick on or like, oh, that's a good one. Stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. or like I've actually shooting like out in a place you like actually turn the fridge all the way down. So the fridge doesn't kick on for sound mm-hmm. and then forget the fridge is all the way down. And <laughs> so there's a lot of there's a lot and of funny milk spoils. And yeah. Then yeah. The and spoils. then everyone's sad. Um, another tip that I loved and I think I heard this from you is when you're actually recording, if you need to. Um, you know, sometimes when you record, you don't always get it right the first time. Mo- I mean, a lot of times you're going to have to re-say something that mm-hmm. you just said or just, you know, do another take, for example. In between takes, um, I like to go, or I like to make this sound right here. And I know you have a different one. You do. Yeah, I snap three times, so I go. That way, when you plug that or when you put that audio file in to, or your, when you put that video file, which, of course, comes with the audio mm-hmm. as well, into your editor, you can see where those different takes are. Um, just sort of like in the movies, you know, when they have that, 
clasper thing, that black and white thing, mm-hmm. whatever they call it. That's how they Clapper. can tell. Yeah. Is that what they call it? I think so. Oh, well, that's simple. Um, but that's how you know when the next take is. And so when you do that, you know, typically the last take is the best. So you can just find the last chunk, you know, in between those little snaps or whatever yeah. and just delete the rest and mm-hmm. you can move on. You don't have to go search for that best take. It's just right there. Um, what's another tip that you can do while you're recording to save time later? You can, I mean, you can talk to yourself. You can say, oh, I really didn't like that take. Use the one right before that. Because how many times have you shot a video and then you don't edit it for a week and then it goes another week and then it goes another week and you have to watch every frame of that video to figure out what the best takes are. Instead, after you read a little section or say what you're going to say, just talk to yourself. Give yourself some notes for for editing. Just like someone else was going to edit it, just be like, hey, I really like the second take, but you know, maybe look at the third take. And that's all you have to do. It's like a couple seconds. But then you don't have to watch take one or four or five. And you can save a bunch of time that way, too. Yeah, I love that. So, um, like I said, we're jumping around. So, d- don't waste time editing mm-hmm. is, is, is another one. How, how can we edit faster? I mean, we talked about a few things already. What, what software are, is a good, quick way to start editing your videos? I mean, use whatever you have first. Um, but if you're on a Mac, ScreenFlow is only like $99. I know you edit all of your videos in there. It's fairly simple to learn, um, and you can do more complex things than you can do in something like iMovie. Uh, I use Final Cut Pro 10. I also use Adobe Premiere. Those are, you know, Final Cut Pro is like $300. Adobe Premiere is with Adobe Creative Cloud, which is like $50 or $70 a month, um, unless you can find it standalone. But use whatever you have. Use the built-in free software with Windows, like Windows Movie Maker, to just get started. Mm-hmm. And then you can always get something like ScreenFlow or Camtasia as a next step or jump up to Premiere or Final Cut. You're going to get more bells and whistles, but if you're just doing like talking head stuff and a little, little bit of transition and some text on screen, you don't really need Final Cut Pro 10 or Adobe Premiere or something. You're, unless you're like stabilizing footage and like color correcting and doing all these crazy effects and Multi, multiple angles and stuff, you don't really need to get a higher-end piece of software. Mm-hmm. I love using ScreenFlow to edit. Even if it's a video that doesn't record what's on my computer screen, which is what that software is meant to do, yeah. um, I just it's just a, a, such a great tool for just editing anything. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a, a video that I recorded on my DSLR that I import into it, I can really easy just drop it in there, slide it around, cut it up, and you know, see where it is in, rel- in relative to other videos, and just make a nice, clean video. What, it, what also I love about it is that I can just quickly export to YouTube directly yeah. from ScreenFlow. I think Camtasia can also do that too, but that just makes it really easy. It cuts down on those steps. Again, we're talking about saving time here because that is the number one excuse you're saying yeah. that people have for not doing videos. Um, another tip. Is I mean, you talked about batch processing yeah. already, right? I mean, I think I, I need to reiterate that because that's something I've been exploring a lot lately. I batch process a lot of things. I batch process answering my emails. Mm-hmm. I batch process replying to tweets. I batch process now my podcasts. And I also do it with video as mm-hmm. well. And, you know, when you're in the mindset of doing something, doing many of those things or doing multiple takes of those things, it's just, it's, it's just going to save you so much time in the long run. So you can do it. You, there is time. You just got to really, really know that it is something you want to do and make time for it. Yeah, and so if you want to talk briefly about how we batched them for let go, we didn't really batch them because we shot each one at a different location. Mm-hmm. Um, but for breakthrough blogging, we did batch them a lot because you would write the scripts of 10 to 12 to 15 different lessons or courses for breakthrough blogging and I would show up in the morning, set up the camera, set up the lights and the teleprompter, get it all set. And then we would get some lunch. And then we just sit down and shoot like the whole afternoon. Bam, 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 knock them out. Yeah, and get a ton of them out. And, you know, it would take me a while to edit. It would take me a week or two to edit all of those. But you shot them all in one day. You didn't have to inconvenience your family for multiple days. I didn't have to drive to your house for multiple days. We could just sit down, shoot them all. And edit them all later. And you wrote them in chunks too. You know, you, you write a couple, write a couple, write a couple, shoot all of them. And then I'd edit a couple, edit a couple, edit a couple. And that's just how it works best because of how long it takes to set up 
all the equipment. And then they all look the same. They'll look exactly the same each time. Yeah. Uh, breakthrough blogging, for those of you who don't know, is my course. It's still closed. I'm still working with the people in there to improve it and make mm-hmm. the experience better before I open it up. But there are, I mean, how many videos are in there now? 30 to 50? 50, 50 probably, yeah. Quite a bit. And we batch processed a lot of them, shooting between 10 and 20 a day at one yeah. point. I mean, we put this thing together uh, really quickly. But re- it was really awesome because I, I had written scripts beforehand and um, you might not know this, especially for those of you who are in it, but I actually use a teleprompter to record those videos. I mean, there's basically two ways to shoot those types of videos, especially if you're talking about videos inside a membership site, mm-hmm. for example. You can, um, sh- you can use a teleprompter where you would only have to do one or two takes uh, because everything you've just written out beforehand. Or you could take either the 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 way of doing an outline or even writing it beforehand, but just recording it in chunks yeah. and then editing it later. Um, and, you know, w- the teleprompter was so helpful for us because we could literally do like a 20 to 30 minute video in one or two takes. Yeah. Sometimes it was a pause in the middle or a break or something happened or there was a noise and we had to edit and just start from where we left off. Mm-hmm. But having that teleprompter there was so convenient for us. I used a teleprompter um, from a company called ICAN or ICON. It's I K A N. The I can or icon. Yeah. I can't tell. So that's so <laughs> dumb. Sorry. Such a Pat Flynn joke. Oh, uh, it's it's punny. It's good. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Anyway, I'm not even going to go into what it's like to be a dad now and those types of jokes. But anyway, um it I K A N is the company. And it's really cool because they have an iPad teleprompter. So you actually lay your iPad flat on their little holder thing and they have a angled glass where you can see what's on your screen. Mm-hmm. And the camera sits behind that angled glass. And because it's glass, you know, you're just seeing your face. So you can read and look right at the camera at the same time. And it's really cool. But it was a little hard to get used to at first. I had to practice a lot. And the you know, if you're going to go that route with the teleprompter, um, you know, you got to be careful. You don't want to look like you're reading. Yeah, to be right. overly scripted. Um, one thing is to... And this was just something like when we shot the first couple on the teleprompter, if your eyes move back and forth, like that, that alone is just this little giveaway. Mm. So, so you, you like heard that for me and you're like, okay, so you just leave your eyes in the middle and you let your peripheral vision see the words on the sides. And like that alone is like enough to give it away. Yeah. I mean, that took a good 20 minutes to figure out how to do or just learn to do. Yeah. Uh, but that's very true because especially if the camera is sort of up close to you, the closer the camera is to you, the more your eyes are going to move back and forth. Right. That's another um, thing. I mean, you, you think about newscasters on, on, on television, you know, they do a really good job. So it's, it is something you can learn. Mm-hmm. It does save you time in the long run, um, but you do have to write out your scripts. And, and, and there are some tips for making the script sound less robotic or less monotone. And, you know, when I write these scripts, I write them as if I was talking, right? It's just sort of stream of consciousness. Whatever's on my mind, I write that down. Mm-hmm. I don't try to write it formally like I would a blog post. Uh, and it just comes out more natural right when I read it. Mm-hmm. And you're adding in little words and little jokes. And if something is funny that you didn't even think of before, you'll like say it really quickly. And you know, logistically, you're actually holding the play pause button. You have a little remote for this thing. Right. That's connected to the iPad where if you know you're going to like elaborate a little bit before you move it on to the next thing, you'll you'll pause it and you'll say a little bit more and then you'll play it and you'll keep going. And like that's a, that's a little bit more pro than just having it like scroll and like you, then you have to start talking faster and then you have to keep up and catch up <laughs> with where you're going. And then you so being able to play and pause it was another nice feature, too. Yeah. And that's a, a remote that comes from the same company for mm-hmm. that particular mm-hmm. uh, uh, teleprompter. Now, the other way that I talked about was you write either an outline or you can still script it out, mm-hmm. but you sort of memorize a small chunk of it, you record it, and then you look down again, you memorize that next part, and then you record it again, and then you just sort of slice it up when you're editing. Yeah, and that's actually what all three of us do inside of Fizzle is we script it out um, you know, 90% of the way there, and we look down, two or three sentences, nail it to the camera, might take three or four or five takes. And so it does take longer. Um, but it's a little more natural because you're not reading word for word. Um, so there's pros and cons to each. You can save time with the teleprompter, but if you're not able to deliver very well 
with one, then you should probably just read off the thing and then look at the camera and try to deliver it. And it'll be more natural that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of do's and don'ts in that alone anyway. But what's another excuse people have that they mention when they say, you know, I'm not really into video. They, they can't afford it is, is another good one. Um, so I honestly think that whatever you have nowadays can shoot pretty good video. Um, I mean, we just did a, we just did a live call for breakthrough blogging about this topic and, we were showing people like just simple things you can do with your iPhone or your Android or whatever to shoot high quality video just on those. You know, get a Rode Smart Lav. That's R O D E um, Smart Lav L A V. Plugs right into a phone, and it's a lavalier microphone. Sounds plugs in, great. It, it plugs plugs right into, into your the, phone to the to the headphone to the headphone jack, and it yeah. becomes a microphone. Yeah, for your iPhone or Android or whatever. Yeah. And so if you have that and you have some sort of tripod like the Glyph, G-L-I-F, which is uh, a phone tripod adapter, and then put that into a GorillaPod, get a GorillaPod for like 20 bucks or like something. a mini tripod. Yeah. So for, you know, 100, 120 bucks or whatever, you have a pretty good camera, a 1080p camera on your phone most likely. You have a lavalier microphone and you have a tripod that has it sitting somewhere steady. That alone right there is a great place to like get started. Yeah. It's it's a step up from webcam. Your sound is going to be pretty good. And that's not that much money. I mean, if you're really going to make some videos, what's $100 at the end of the day? So, you know, take what you have and then if you like doing video, if you start getting some traction, then maybe go buy a DSLR or then go buy a better microphone and an audio recorder and spend a couple hundred dollars on some lights. But, you know, just start making videos with whatever you have. Don't let your gear keep you from making more videos. Yeah. No, I really like that tip. I mean, just get started. And even if you're not going to publish those videos, just practicing by recording yourself and then watching it. I know it's dreadful. How many did you record and not publish, would you say? Uh, at least 100. Wow. That's a, a lot. lot. Because that was one of my biggest fears at first was putting myself on camera. And I was never happy with it. At first, there's there's a lot of people, or excuse me, there's a lot of videos that are there in my computer that a lot of people have not seen. And this is when I was first starting out yeah. doing videos. I mean, I was, I mean, a lot of you know for this podcast, I recorded my first episode three times. What was even worse with video, I recorded like at least 50 videos back then um, that nobody's ever seen. Mm-hmm. But it was good practice. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's one of the number one things that I hear from people is just, you know, I don't want to put, I don't want to, I, I'm scared to be behind the, or I'm, I'm scared to put my face on camera. I'm scared mm-hmm. to do videos. Mm-hmm. And sort of what helped me get over that fear was doing screen recordings yeah. instead as a sort of step between doing nothing and putting my face on camera. And I don't remember who it was who told me about that, but that was a life-changing you know, moment yeah. when I knew that I could record what was happening on my computer and then export that to YouTube and share with people mm-hmm. how I do things. I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of those videos have hundreds of thousands of views. My face isn't on them at all. Yeah. My uh, my my four minute video about how to start a blog, you know, going through Bluehost. Yeah. That's been seen about seventy thousand times. That's probably led to well over six figures of income. That video alone. Right. Um, and your face is not on it. My face is not on it, and my voice was. I wasn't used to the microphone, but I just said, hey, wh- whatever, I'll just do it. What's the worst that can happen? Nobody said anything negative about my videos ever. Yeah, Probably the most negative thing someone's ever said about my videos was uh, I did this video one time where I was um, sampling or I was uh, testing a new wireless microphone. Uh-huh. So I was filming outside and I just was just, like showing people how far I could go away, but the audio would still be the same. Yeah, And I had like 10 comments on that videos on YouTube that were like, dude, Pat, why don't you cut your grass? Like, Don't you make enough money to cut your grass? Yeah, like because the grass just happened to be very tall that day, um, you know. And and I had another video where I didn't blink. So for some, you're reason, just staring into the camera. I like, just didn't blink, and then I was like, "What? You're crazy!" And I watched it. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't blink." So you just have to make videos and learn what weird things you have, like whether it's your grass or your blinking. You just have to figure out what those are and. And then you don't do that again. Yeah, so another don't is don't forget to blink. Um, But no, seriously, just get started. Try it out. Even if you don't publish these videos, practice, 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 practice. I've just, you know, now video is the fastest way I can create content. 
I mean, a podcast, I mean, obviously we're recording for several minutes now. Mm-hmm. Um, a blog post might take a couple days even, or even if, it, even if it's half a day. I mean, a video, if I come up with something and I write a little script for it really quick, I can create a three-minute video, which is a good amount of time, in 20 minutes. Crank it out and have it on YouTube in 20 minutes. And yeah. it's, it's the highest form quality of, I mean, it's, it's sort of the highest valued guess you could say kind of content yeah i kind of want to talk about a story because we were in san francisco and your website got hacked basically yeah this is march of last year and so we were like how do we tell everyone we just went and shot a video we shot like a minute long video we like we went, ran out the street of san francisco we there was like the a trolleys. street car yeah. yeah and we shot this video and you said you were gonna go fix your website and then you just took off running and then you redirected smart passive income to that video on youtube and, you know, we literally walked two steps into a coffee shop. I plugged in the card to my camera or into my computer and we didn't edit the video at all. We just uploaded it to YouTube straight away. Yeah, and, you, and that I, was like communication to your audience. My website's down. It's been hacked. This is what's happening. And that was the quickest way instead of, I don't know, coding an HTML page or putting out a podcast like you just redirected it to YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I, I did send an email out about that too. Email is probably the, the quickest way, but I mean, mm-hmm. just, it was really cool to see the reaction from people like, dude, like, awesome video. You know, like, so cool that you let us know. Thank you, hope your, hope your website gets back up. Yeah. I mean, it's something people see. It's a visual. They remembered it. Um, it just makes me smile, that story, because we were like, what are we going to do? Oh, what's, look at this trolley. It looks so cool. Let's shoot a video <laughs> here. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll try to, I think I have that video up on YouTube. I'll link it up. It's still up in on the show YouTube. notes. Yeah. Smartpassiveincome.com slash session95 for the show notes. And all the links to all the equipment and everything we're talking about. Um, we're talking about video here today. What's another... Actually, I got uh, I got a do for you. Okay. Or don't, whatever, if, depending on how you phrase it. Yeah. Don't let audio quality sort of uh, like escape your mind. Do focus on audio quality. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you could have the highest quality video in the world as far as what it looks like. If the audio is terrible, it's just going to be a bum video. Yeah, and this is also really relevant because a lot of people open up videos and then like go to another tab and start doing whatever or continuing work or you know reading something else. And so audio sometimes is the only thing that people are consuming. So the biggest thing with audio is to just make sure it's clean. Make sure there's not noise, which comes from, you know, plugging in microphones into other things and there's noise and static that happens. If you're outside, the wind causes noise on microphones. You also want to think about, you know, is the volume really high at one point and then really low at another point? I know for a while you used Levelator for your podcast. Yeah, that, um, that was a great tool. Um, and there's another one that I use now that is uh, actually Levelator, but people stopped supporting it whoever oh, okay. made it so, yeah. so i wouldn't go to level later level later anymore i would use auphonic which is a u p h o n i c auphonic.com and basically what you do is you you upload any file um and this is extremely helpful especially especially if you do um podcast interviews so whether you're a yeah. podcaster or you do videos i mean you could even do this with videos you can upload yeah. your video file to auphonic as well and uh no, no matter what the levels are at, after you go through the process that Alphonic does with your file, you get back a file where all the audio, uh, all the audio is at the exact level it should be. You know, it's not redlining; it's they're all the same. If you have multiple tracks or multiple people on your show, um, they're all going to be at the same level. Mm-hmm. It's a great tool, and it's free, right? Yeah, now. yeah. And the, and the biggest thing with you know audio is people spend thousands of dollars on a camera and think that that's enough. And then they won't spend a few hundred dollars on some good sound or a few hundred dollars on some good lights. So you, you kind of have to balance your budget a little bit. So people come to me and they're like, I have a thousand dollars. Which camera should I buy? And I say, you should spend five hundred dollars on a camera, two hundred fifty dollars on lights and two hundred fifty dollars on audio because you have to balance it out. Because even if your video looks good and the audio is really crappy, people are going to go away. So what I recommend is if you're doing the talking head kind of videos, Get a lavalier microphone and get a digital audio recorder to plug it into. You can plug it directly into your camera, but you're going to get some of that noise unless you have a higher end camera. If you're doing like screencasts and stuff, just get a good podcasting microphone. Something like we're recording on right now. It's going to sound really great because you can put it right in front of your face. 
instead of like further away from you and having the sound not as great. Yeah, a great podcasting mic and also one for just shooting screencasts is the Audio-Technica ATR2100. Um, runs you about 37 to 47 bucks on Amazon, and it's mm-hmm. great quality. It'll sound almost just like this one, and yeah. we're, we're on our high LPR40s right now. Yeah. Um, you mentioned lighting. Uh, let's talk about lighting really quick. That's okay. also another important element of video that a lot of people forget. Um, where do we start with lighting? So more light is almost always better with any kind of video. So the main thing is to put the main light source in front of you. If you're ever watching like a video recording of someone on a webcam or something, typically their desk is against a wall and there's a bright light behind them and they're just like this shadowy dark figure <laughs> like looming over their laptop. So, you know, move the laptop out into the middle of the room. If you have big windows in wherever you are, use natural light and just position yourself with your face facing it, basically. That's the first thing. If you're going to buy lights, you know, you can get a three-point lighting setup. That's what we use. You put one, you know, about 45 degrees one way at full power, one 45 degrees the other way at about 50 to 60% power, and then one behind you lighting like the top of your head and the back of your shoulders. You can get some of those for, you know, $150, $200 on Amazon, you know, They're fairly cheap and flimsy. The bulbs could break. The stand's not very strong. But I've been using those for a long time. And if you know where to position them and you know the levels to have the lights at, they get the job done. Mm -hmm. But if you just want one light, the basic thing to follow is make sure your white balance is set correctly. If you watch a video and it's super yellow, it's because whoever was using the camera didn't set their white balance correctly. So... There are settings in almost every camera, unless it's like a smartphone or something like that, to set the white balance properly. So you can set it to tungsten lights if you just have like little lamps around your house that you're using, fluorescent if you're in a kitchen, um, and then like everything in between. There's sunny settings, cloudy settings if you're outside. So just be aware of the white balance if you're using like daylight, natural light, or even the lights that you buy. That alone will make your video look correct. It'll make it look like the colors are all proper instead of like you have like this weird yellowish glow or something. Right, right. I think the biggest tip here is you got to try it out. You got to record some videos and listen to them, see how they sound, mm-hmm. and look at them with the focus of okay, how does it look? Does it look good? Does it look good? Does it right. sound good? Right. Um, the worst thing you could do is just record a video and be like, okay, go and publish it and not even care yeah um, but once you get those settings right once you do it a few times and you have your setup and uh, knowing that you're going to keep coming back to this exact same setup you won't have to worry anymore and another thing is like shooting a test and then taking the cards out putting it in your computer does it look okay does it sound okay yeah, put before it in you computer. shoot for like four hours or whatever mm-hmm. you know it's going to look way different on the back of the camera and the little lcd than it does on your actual screen when you can see it much bigger and cleaner and everything. Awesome. Now, we're running out of time here. We could talk for days about video. Yes, we could. Um, I, I know. But the last thing I want to talk about is hosting. Because there's a lot of different places you can host video. Obviously, there's YouTube. And YouTube is great if you mm-hmm. want to get more exposure. Yeah. Um, you know, get traffic to your website, um, more exposure for your brand and that sort of thing. It's worked wonders for me. Um, but what if you have like a membership site, for example? Do you host those on YouTube or do you, you have or recommend other hosting platforms to sort of create privacy settings for your videos so that only your members can access them? And which one, you know, what are the pros and cons of some of those? Okay, so the cons of using something like YouTube for a hosting site are that, you know, YouTube can pretty much do whatever they want with your videos. They could completely shut down your channel if you have some sort of copyright infringement or someone just puts a request to say this channel is infringing or copied my video or what have you, and your YouTube channel could be shut down immediately. And so if your like private videos for all your membership sites are all sitting up on YouTube and your whole channel gets shut down, there's going to be a lot of angry people that are supposed to access all the videos that they've paid to see. Right. So that's why we don't use YouTube. Um, at Fizzle? At Fizzle for our private videos. Um, but for building your audience and getting subscribers and having like a ongoing show or tutorials and how-tos, those are perfect to put on YouTube. And that's the best place, I think, for that kind of stuff. The two main options that I see for video hosting for private stuff 
and even public stuff if you just want more control over the player are Wistia, which is W-I-S-T-I-A. And you use this for breakthrough blogging. We use this inside of Fizzle. And you just get some incredible stats. So do you want to like say why you like using Wistia? Yeah, I mean, when, when breakthrough blogging started, and obviously I knew there was going to be video in it, I had to make a decision of okay, where, where are these videos going to be hosted. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you don't want to host your videos on your own server because you know it's just going to eat up the bandwidth. You're going to be paying a lot of money for that, mm-hmm. and uh, it slows everything else down. So, of course, you need somewhere to host the videos. YouTube wasn't an option just because of the privacy settings and what you just mentioned before. They could, at any moment for any one of my public videos, take yeah. the entire thing down without warning. Yeah, I mean, they've taken... I mean, YouTube's owned by Google. We all know what Google's done to a lot of people's AdSense accounts yeah. without warning. So that's definitely a major concern there. Um, but we chose Wistia because, for one, I asked you what you use at Fizzle, <laughs> and you said Wistia. But then when you explained why you yeah. liked it, um, I was definitely all for it. And I like Wistia because, you know, of course, uh, you know, with, with as far as stats and analytics are concerned, yes, of course, it shows you how many views you get on your videos. But beyond that, you could see exactly how people are watching those videos. How many people actually go all the way through or where do they drop off? Or I mean, where that, do they rewatch? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... Like, it, like it'll show, okay, this part's been rewatched. So someone's like, oh, that was really interesting or that was really funny or, oh, I need to write that down and then it'll show you, oh, this person rewatches this segment of the video or all the people rewatch this part of the video more. Yeah, I mean, so you can really get deep into the analytics there. And if you have a membership course of with videos that you want people to see, you need to make sure that your videos are being watched mm. and they're being watched all the way through. And if there are certain parts of your videos where you know, based on the analytics, where people are dropping off, then you can make changes that are necessary to better help your audience. Yeah, and another really cool thing about Wistia is uh, like the privacy settings of blocking these videos from being embedded on other domains. So someone's not just like, throwing them up on their website or trying to charge for them. Um, I mean, what are some of the other features you talked about? Like Mark has watched, like if someone watches a video through a certain percentage, you can have that with your membership account be like, okay, this person's watched these 12 videos and on their account, they can see they already watched them. Yeah. That's another cool thing. Like that takes some custom coding. I mean, I didn't code that inside of fizzle and you didn't code that inside of breakthrough blogging. They're there, but yeah, someone with more technical know-how than us knew how to do that. Absolutely. I mean, so for, for, to sort of rephrase what Caleb said, um, in, in, in my course, Breakthrough Blogging, when you watch a video and when, when you watch it 70% of the way through, it is marked as viewed. Mm-hmm. Any video that you have uh, not watched yet or that did not get to 70% is marked as unviewed. It's actually marked in the library. So you can see which videos you've seen and which ones you didn't. And it sounds like a small thing, yeah. Um, but people enjoy knowing which videos they've seen right. which ones they, they didn't it's just like a netflix queue you're like oh i'm watching breaking bad i'm on season three and i'm on episode 12 like you know where you are and you just pick up where you left off as opposed to wait where was i again oh, i'm just gonna do something else right and of course when you add new videos they'll be able to see even more value added and mm-hmm. you know hopefully they'll retain as a member for, mm-hmm. for much longer mm-hmm. um and also the going back to what you said earlier the privacy settings are nice i can only have those videos play off the root domain breakthroughblogging.com mm-hmm. and nowhere else. Yeah. Which is super cool. Um, I mean it's it's really cool to see how these video companies are are getting really deep into the analytics and also the individual viewer experience. Um, yeah. It's just so cool. Yeah. And so I see YouTube as a great platform for public stuff, for music videos, cats riding on Roombas and stuff. And then Wistia is really great for companies. And the other option that I would consider is Vimeo. Um, it's like 200 bucks a year to get into their pro business platform with plenty of bandwidth and stuff too. I just like being able to do what I can do in Wistia for organizing all my videos, getting the really nice stats. Vimeo is just more of a you know filmmaking, art, craft, that kind of website mm-hmm. uh, for pro- profiling like really nice films and shorts and stuff. Whereas Wistia is built for people that are charging and putting out a lot of videos all the time. Awesome. Caleb, let's figure out a call to action for everybody out there. What, what, what can we have the listeners do to help take their videos to the next level? Obviously, if you're not doing video, I really think you should at least start experimenting mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. it. But say someone's done a few videos, you know, and they, 
no, they should do more. And what's one thing they could do from this point point forward? What's one call to action we want to leave for the listeners out there when it comes to video? Anything you can think of? So if you're just making like screencasts, try to get yourself on camera. It's going to be hard. You're going to throw away footage. You're going to hate what you look like on camera. That's completely normal. Everyone I've talked to was afraid of it. I don't know one single person that was like, I loved being on video the first time. I loved watching myself <laughs> and how I sounded. I love hearing my voice. Yeah, exactly. I don't know anyone that's like that. So I don't want to know anyone that's like that. Yeah, exactly. That's it, just weird, to be honest. So if you haven't put yourself in front of the camera, do that. If you have been putting yourself in the camera and you've been making videos, send your videos to someone that makes really good videos or you know, comment on this podcast episode and get feedback, get some critiques, you know, try to up your lighting and make it look really nice. Try to fix the framing of how you're sitting on the camera, do some transitions and shorter cuts to make it a little more engaging. Um, Think of different ways you can do video content instead of the same stuff you're doing. Maybe you can do some how to's or tutorials. Maybe you could just do little one or two minute trailers for, podcast or blog post that you've had come out you know think of new ways to do video instead of just the same old ways you've been doing it you know you said one thing in there i mean those are all great to do's obviously um but i would love for everybody out there listening when you shoot a video or even if you have videos already what's cool is as uh, with the new design of smart passive income you can actually embed videos in the comment section cool so embed a video of yours in a comment set in, in, in the comments smartpassiveincome.com slash session 95 and everybody out there who's who's on there, let's all help each other out. Watch some of those videos. Leave honest critiques. I mean, obviously, you want to be nice and respectful. Right, but right. being nice and respectful also means being honest in a way where you know you know you want to help that person too. Um, so so leave that constructive criticism for everybody. I'll be in there every once in a while as mm-hmm. well, watching a lot of your videos, leaving comments. And, and uh, Caleb, if you wouldn't mind coming by every once in a while, leaving yeah. some helpful comments yeah, for, of course. for some people, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, even Hollywood movies can be critiqued. So your videos obviously can be critiqued. Mine can be critiqued even more than by myself. I want to hear what everyone says. I actually have a group of like three or four guys that do video and we put something out we're proud of. We'll email it to everyone and we say like, be harsh. Like, I want critiques. I want to get better at this thing. Tell me what's wrong. You don't have to, like, try to be nice or, like, butter me up and say, oh, I really love this one shot. Like, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear, <laughs> this shot looks awful. It was not straight. You need to fix it. Like, that kind of thing. Your camera was tilted. Exactly. Like, on a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I So, I really hope I'll see you guys and your videos in the comment section, again, smartpassiveincome.com slash session95. Use this as an opportunity to improve. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Caleb. Um, where can people or where should people go to find out more about uh, video from you? So you can find out more video stuff from me at calebw.com or you can check out the guide that's coming out called DIY Video Guide coming out in a couple weeks. Um, if you guys are interested in checking out Fizzle, which is where we do our video training, Pat has an affiliate marketing course in there. Uh, and a founder story with him as well. Uh, the link for that is smartpassiveincome.com slash fizzle. Right. And that is an affiliate link if people join up. And it's a great course, great community. Uh, more than happy to send people your way. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, Caleb. I appreciate you so much. And uh, we'll see you in the comments section. Yeah. And thanks for having me on the podcast. And thanks for coming and shooting this in my office. Absolutely. All right, man. Peace. Yeah. All right, everybody, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I don't even know what to call that. An interview slash workshop slash I was in Caleb's office session thing. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for, for being a, a listener. And I will tell you that today, a brand new podcast was just launched by myself. And uh, it is, you know, a lot of you may have heard uh, at the end of some of my previous episodes, if you've been listening for a long time, I used to include voicemail questions from the audience at the end of my shows. And they were awesome. I loved recording answers for all, for all of you. Um, and I would actually share the MP3 voicemail from from those of you who have questions. But it, w- it would lengthen the show more than it needed to. It would change the topic of the episode. And so I stopped doing that. And I hated stopping because I loved doing it so much. But I had the idea to put those voicemail questions and answers onto its own show. So starting today, 
you go to askpat.com, you'll see a daily show that I'm hosting where I answer your questions about anything related to online business, blogging, entrepreneurship, personal development, lifestyle design, what have you, whatever your questions may be, I will be there to answer. I'll answer daily, and if your question gets featured on the show, I actually will send you for free an Ask Pat t-shirt, which is pretty cool and I'm really excited about. So anyway, check out askpat.com. The first five episodes are up as of today, and uh, it's gonna go five days a week. Um, It perhaps might move up to seven days a week, but I'm trying out this five-day-a-week thing. Uh, Thank you so much to John Lee Dumas over at Entrepreneur on Fire for the inspiration to do this, um, and I think it'll be really awesome. So I hope to see you there again, askpat.com in the show notes for this episode, and hopefully your videos will be posted at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 95. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.